Okay, very exciting. How cool is this? All right, I think you go first with your intro. Yeah. Okay. Okay, it looks like I have a minute. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to this debate between myself and my friend Herbie. Uh, as you know, it's about whether Trump is good for America. And in this academic debate, I'm taking the side of Trump is good. So I have 45 seconds to wrap it up. I will say that being in law school for the Trump presidency and at the end, especially of his presidency, being exposed to the social uh, progressive culture war stuff, diversity, equity and inclusion um, and the Constitution and the progressive wing of the left party that wants to destroy the concept of meritocracy and focus on uh, skin color and equity. And Trump, to me, represented law and order the Constitution, we ship too many jobs overseas, and it's all about meritocracy. And before the big lie, I thought that was an okay platform. I, I didn't think that was terribly, and, and religion against all this atheism. That's what I thought Trump was before the big lie. Well, are you defending him? So so are you pro or con? Well, anyway, we're, we're into my intro statement. We're into my intro statement, so here we go. I'll make it quick. I think Donald Trump was a primal scream and by a group of people who have been condescended to and literally run through the mud, and I completely understand it, and in the midst of their rage over being completely trampled on, they voted for the only alternative who was willing to speak truth to power, but he's a narcissistic megalomaniac, and he's he destroyed the faith and continues to destroy the, the Amer Americans' faith in their institutions. And if we lose faith, faith in our institutions, then we might as well just split up the country and call it a day. So if so, if you're in favor of secession, he was wonderful. If, you, if you're one of those people who wants to run off and start your own country in Idaho or something, by the way, I love Idaho. I'm not picking on Idaho. But, you know, in some, just go start, you know, secede away in whatever state you live in. Then, oh, we're, we're into our discussion. Now. So that's where I, I think the Trump, for I'll give you, I'll give you a really good example, okay? The election itself, let's just go to the, and I know I'm going to make every Trumpite in the world hate me when I say this, but he lost. He lost. I understand. I completely understand that the unsolicited mail-in ballots were hugely in the Democrats' favor and should have never been done as we grotesquely mm -hmm. overreacted to a bad flu. I, I completely understand that. And I understand that's no way to run an election. And I understand that's probably the reason Trump lost. But they were both playing by the same rules. Mm -hmm. Those rules were clear from the very beginning. Trump had the entire Republican Party to help him out. And, mm -hmm. Joe, and Biden, lost. Joe Biden just sat in the basement, which was the smartest thing in the world. Because Absolutely. What Trump never understood was something. I'll, I'll, I'll contrast Trump with a, with a really, truly seminal leader. I'll, I'll, in our, at least in my lifetime, Ronald Reagan. I'll, I'll, I'll compare Trump with Ronald Reagan. Because, and I'll, I'm going to compare them because Ronald Reagan was also a primal screen. If screen, if mm. you were around in the '70s, and I was around in the '70s, I worked at the mm -hmm. National Security Agency at the time. So anyway, um, Reagan was viewed as an extreme right-wing lunatic. I mean, lunatic by the mainstream. Mm -hmm. They also were big on knocking him down for being an actor, and they loved to call him stupid. Those were those, those were the main things. Like but, William F. Buckley was writing the script, right? Wasn't that it? Well, that's what they said, but it's not true. Reagan was really an intellectual. He just didn't feel like he had to share his every thought. Reagan was a typical, you know, I married two Midwestern girls, so I have a good understanding of Midwestern people. 
they just don't bitch. It's like Bob Dole. I'm digressing. When Bob Dole ran for president, his poor hand is all, you know, I forget if it was this hand or this hand, but he couldn't, you know, he always held his pen like this to cover up that this hand was was uh, paralyzed from being in the war. Mm. And, um, you know, God only knows he had to put on a shirt with a hook every day and the guy's running. Mm. You know, can you imagine what his life was like because of, and he never, you never heard him bitch or moan and he never brought it up. Just that's Midwestern people. They, mm. they don't want. So Ronald Reagan always felt it was an advantage to be underestimated. So he never decided, he's decided early on not to show them what he was really made of. And that was smart. Okay, so unlike, for example, Bill Clinton, who shared that he wore, wore boxer shorts on Arsenio Wall, which is, you know, it's just been a general breakdown in decorum as we as we got to Donald wow. Trump. It's been like this slide of of, of depravity as, as we went down the hill to Donald Trump. Mm. So, but Ronald Reagan, to go back to Ronald Reagan, he understood there is a difference between getting the microphone and keeping the microphone. In mm. other words, there's an enormous difference between running for office and running the country. It's two completely different things. Now. Mm -hmm. Reagan was vicious in the campaign against Carter. He pulled no punches. He went after Carter with both barrels, just as he had gone after George Bush in the primaries and ripped them a new asshole and became president. To everyone's surprise but his. Once he became mm -hmm. president, his entire tone changed because at the time he had a Democratic Congress. He had to work with Tip O'Neill. Mm -hmm. He had right. an entire agenda that he wanted to get done. Those Trump never changed. Trump was just, he, he's he didn't do enough. Career. He didn't reach out to me. Look what I said in my intro. He could have grabbed me, but he didn't. Well, you're not defending him. You're supposed to be defending him. Um, well, but, you know, Trump Trump is the personification of everything bad that a, that a person could be. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. he's a congenital liar. And I understand that so is virtually every politician. Anyone who's read me or has followed me knows I have little respect for any of them. So, but I'm just pointing it out. He's in a whole new level of bullshit. Mm -hmm. He's a narcissistic crybaby. crybaby. If I were a Republican, I'd absolutely hate him. And the reason I'd hate him is the only reason that they're dealing with having to take back the Senate again when they should have controlled it to begin with in the last election is because Trump literally told the, the Republicans of Georgia and Arizona, don't vote because they're not, you know, they, they're ratifying the votes for me. Meanwhile, two Democrats stick in and they lose control of the Senate. It, he's just, mm -hmm. he doesn't right. give a fuck about anybody mm -hmm. else but mm -hmm. himself. Right. And I understand, I know a lot. But of he men. brings the blue collar people in. What's that? But he brings blue collar voters in and they like that, don't they? Yeah. And now I'm going to sound like an arrogant maniac. Okay, but here we go. Ready? And understand that there's an enormous difference between ignorance and stupidity. Okay, do we all understand mm -hmm. the difference between ignorance and stupidity? Ignorance means you just don't uh -huh. know. But you certainly have the ability to know. You just haven't been educated to understand it. You're not, you're not as well versed. And then there's just stupid. Okay, stupid is there's no way you're going to learn. I, because of my past experience, because I've been at the very top and the very bottom, I've lived among the lower classes. You know, the lowest of the lowest classes for a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. They're not stupid. They're just ignorant. They believe a lot of things because the public mm -hmm. school system in this country is so horrible at, at presently that everyone your age and around your age, 15 years, one side or the other, frankly, unless you're an autodidact and make yourself learn this stuff, you're not going to learn it anyplace else. And there are uh, blue collar people to me are healthy people. And the majority of blue collar people that I know 
uh, don't live to work. They work to live. So like in my family, we, we were a family of workaholics because we were driven by ambition and white collar and blah, blah, blah. And you know the whole thing, right? Which in the end brought me down. But OK, we all live and learn. Mm -hmm. and that's not what this is about. Yeah, this you're is an about, interesting story. Like Trump, let, let's not make this about me. I'm just using it as, as, as a, Trump would make this all about him. This whole discussion would be, would, he would somehow turn it. To, to, to victimize himself. So I don't mm -hmm. really like think the guy's a low life of, of the highest order. On the other hand, I think his voters are great. I think Joe Biden made a horrible mistake giving that speech yesterday. Right. I, I you know, just that's the problem. Yeah. It's not a choice between good or bad. It's a choice between bad and worse. Mm. And I'll be honest with you now, now that I've said all of those things, because I understand where we are economically at this time, if I had to pick between Biden, I wish Trump were president, frankly, if, if those were the only two choices, because Biden is just screamingly incompetent. So Trump, for all of his narcissism mm -hmm. and, you know, all of his destruction of values, mm -hmm. was a fairly standard conservative president. And I don't I'm know saying. if the people around him, but he was relatively competent i mean you, and, and i what do i know i'm 32 years old i voted every election that i could and since i was 18 and i've always voted democrat and i say and i never voted for trump and i don't think i would certainly not after how he handled the 2020 loss but i found myself saying as i said in my intro i at the time i'm being exposed to um um, um what do i want to call it racial bias training and I've come from a very, I think, come from a very sensitive, I'm a sensitive person, I'm a good guy. And I'm being indoctrinated with, with white is superior, white is bad, black is victim. Um, and, and there are elements of that that are no doubt still true in society. We're not going to, but as you have said many times in our discussions online, you know, does that mean that uh, Japanese, there's such thing as Japanese privilege or, so there is such a thing as society and uh, bad breaks and good breaks. And yes, this country was horrifically racist for many, many years. And that is our origin, part of our origin. But the question is, in 2022, do we need to be telling people that if you're black, you have it bad? And, and that is the core. And I got exposed to a lot of it, Herbie, in, in these classes. Wonderful black professor i mean i've said it i've done a lot of episodes about it amazing yeah, I've, I've, no, I've, I've been reading your and all the white students and all the non-black students are are saying white people are so bad and men are bad and capitalism is bad and the one black student in there is like i love america i'm going to be a prosecutor i don't know but well, i have a i have had an allergic reaction myself to <clears throat> this idea that democrats are good republicans are bad that is not right to me it doesn't seem complete and so this broad brush painting, um, it's it's not helpful. I really view them both as a uniparty. If you want to know the truth, they're just they they talk a good game, but in reality, they play the same game. But before so we everyone talks about a uniparty, Andrew Yang. So what would the what would the people? So what what would it look like if we broke the uniparty? What would we get majoritarian policies? Is that what no, it would be? I just be? think that we're going to have to go through a through a a uh, transform. There's going to have to. I really think the two party system works better than a multi party system. To be honest. Why? Okay. It, it, Concentration of, day, of ideas. At the end of the day, you know who's in charge. You don't. It, it, governments don't change like they do in Italy every thirty days. You know, parliamentary, right. parliamentary, uh, like Israel is about to have its. I want to say its fifth or sixth fifth? election yeah, in the fifth. last eighteen months or something. Some crazy number like that. Because you just stop reading the articles. You go, okay, they have no government. Well. <laughs> 
the good, yes, they have a government because their bureaucracy is 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 a relatively small. You know, they're they're smaller than New Jersey, so they have a much more efficient bureaucracy than we do because of the size. Frankly, just the size of the country, right? It just—I'm not saying they're smarter or anything else. It's just the size of the country. Um, it's the same thing, just digressing slightly. When I hear people like compare the American medical system to Sweden, first of all, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's number one. They don't understand there's a two-track system in Scandinavia, and the wealthy people still pay for service. But putting that all aside, they always forget that Sweden has less people than Phoenix, where I live. Okay, there are about five million people in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're all Swedes for the most, you know, 99% right. they're Swedes. That means they're white and they're the they're same. Homogenous. They're homogenous. And so they're going to, so you, you as a bureaucrat, when you're, when you're designing something to use like, like some kind of um, socialized healthcare, call it whatever you want, national healthcare, socialized healthcare, single payer, however you're going to structure it, it's going to be, you're going to have a much better chance of success in a tiny homogenous population. Israel has an extremely good national health care plan. And you have, they actually have choice. You, they have a number of providers that you can choose from and you can switch and that they kind of have a competitive, but again, you're talking about 8 million Jews. I mean, you know, and, and about 4 million Arabs that live in Israel that are part of the two and they never get any press, but those Arabs are perfectly happy to be Israeli citizens. You know, Digressing mm -hmm. again, Israel is the only country in the Middle East where Arabs vote in free and fair elections. Just saying. Now, so now, now that we're but, but now that we're yeah. on this digression, I will quickly about Israel, and then we'll get back to the subject of our debate. Do you think it's fair to say that Israel is an apartheid country? No, it's bullshit. It's nonsense. Why? Uh oh. The people is involved. Yeah, there you go. Am I here? Um, connection is spotty at the moment. I'm, I'm with you. Go ahead. Why is it not an apartheid state? Well, first of all, it's kind of like throwing around the, the word Nazi. You know, mm. people throw throw this shit around who don't know what they're talking about. All right. And the apartheid system in South Africa is misunderstood. Not that I'm making it, apologies for it. Now, I understand that we're going to stay in American politics. We really should do a whole different discussion. But back to your thing. And this, I, I want to blend that with your discussion on racism and apartheid in South Africa and Israel. And I'll tie it all up. Because you can tie it in, Herbie, before you do that, you can tie it into in America, we have this diversity. And how do we design a system that works for everyone? Go ahead. It's not important that we do. Okay. But, mm -hmm. but let me, let me explain that. First of all, this whole notion of the racist past of America enslaving this other race out of, you know, because they thought, do you understand the DNA was not synthesized until 1953. You understand that? I did that? not understand that, no okay. sir. DNA was not synthesized until 1953, Google it. The hell does that mean? It means that the human race up until that point did not understand that we are all related. They, in mm. other words, mm. without understanding the DNA chain, there, no one on the planet could have possibly known other than to surmise it or theorize it that we originated in the Olduvai Gorge of Kenya, which we know today, mm -hmm. okay? We know that we are all Africans in the beginning, but in until 1953, nobody knew that. So these racially divided systems were, for example, in the United States, we had black slaves. They weren't, they weren't viewed, they were viewed as, as human beings. They were right. viewed as human beings, and, but the, and they weren't hated. They were viewed as... A, but it a, wasn't a, necessarily the same human. It would be the same as if the dogs were in charge, the smartest dog of all, I understand, is a poodle. This is what 
my one of my dearest friends is a veterinarian. This is what he tells mm -hmm. me. The mm -hmm. smartest breed, day in, day out, if you just were going to blind buy a dog and you wanted the smartest one you could get would be a poodle. Okay. And the stupidest dog breed, and again, I have seen plenty of exceptions to this, but this is according to my friend, Dr. Randy, is a Dalmatian. Now, I'm not saying that Dalmatians are bad, and I'm not saying that poodles are good. I'm just saying on this. Now, imagine the poodles were in charge, and they found the continent of Dalmatians, okay? And the Dalmatians were living in, in, a, in, a, in a way that was way beneath where the poodles left. The poodles were living in a, in a, in a civilization and had science and had culture and wrote books and had medicine and were developing and it, it had a lot of problems but it was the, the western european culture was the by far the most dynamic culture in history by far okay and at the very same time on the african continent and by the way every single african slave was enslaved by other africans other tribes that's people never right. discussed that there were again quinine wasn't invented until 1848 and slavery in this country ended in 1832. One of the things that people never talk about is not a white man ever set foot in Africa because the, the average lifespan at the time for a white person in Africa was less than a year. And they knew that they figured it out observationally. They didn't realize what it was. It was malaria. Okay. And Africans to this day have a natural resistance to malaria. They live in an environment full of malaria mosquitoes. So Africans themselves are largely impervious so the mortality rate on the slave ships above and below the deck was identical. Just as many white guys died above the deck of malaria as black guys below the deck of, of abuse. And the slave trade came to an end in the United States because nobody wanted to do it anymore. It, it, it was like riding a death ship. Okay. And because remember, they didn't understand germs. They didn't understand DNA. They didn't understand bacteria. They didn't understand anything about this. So you have to put yourself in the context of people at that time and, and if you were looking at just the surface evidence of it, okay, and you were saying, who is the... We're better than these people. That's What's what that? they were saying, right? What's that? That they were better than these people. Yeah, because observationally, that would be an easy conclusion to jump to, don't right. you think? I mean... Well, it's not... Yeah, no, and it, there's and literally it goes, not, and it goes there's literally the not an advanced culture in African history. There just isn't. I, I realize that we made right. up with and, 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 and all that. And it goes to culture, and now that hits right at the heart of Trumpism. And, 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 and culture and diversity. And, you know, you made yeah, a comment earlier that you didn't that you yeah. didn't think it. Hold on, Herbie. You didn't think it was important. You made a comment just a few minutes ago. <clears throat> you didn't think it was important to necessarily have a system that's designed for the diversity that is that exists in such a country as America. And yes. like the defund the police and the Black Lives Matter, all that stuff is really about. And, and you can disagree with it all day long, but it's about, you know, what about, it's about us? It's about yeah. rent seeking. Look, you're wrong. It's not about being persecuted. It's about rent seeking. And the, and the founders were well aware of it. When the rent seeking means using the political system to gain advantage. Okay. Whether but it's isn't that what the political system is all about? If the you're idea behind the Ameri That's what every political system is about. But the, the idea behind the American system was to hamstrings up, hamstring things up so tight that it was very difficult for anybody to seek rent. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, the reason that we have a bicameral legislature, unlike the English, the English have the House of Lords, but you know they're, that's ceremonial. The mm -hmm. truth of the matter is most countries, Israel, France, everything's run by what we would call the House of Representatives. Okay, And in America, we set up a Senate, and originally the Senate was not directly voted for until right. 19, 
1914, it was the yeah. amendment passed in 13, until 1914 when it was instituted, senators were not directly elected. They were appointed by state legislatures. And the reason that that was better was because out of the, the limelight, out of not an elect, no election at stake, just going to pick the best guy to represent our state. The state legislators are in a very different position than national legislators. They're looking out for the good of Virginia or Arizona or whatever state they're in. So they would send two senators that had the intellect and the power of persuasion and, you know, the, the ability to represent the state's interest. Well, now, with everyone being directly elected, it's just a free-for-all of politics. Well, the state's interest, according to who? That's what the progressives would say, Well, right? the progressives believe that you can mold human nature with government. That's the, the heart of progressivism is that you, yeah. can, you can improve, we can make the society better through a techno, basically a techno, technocracy, I guess, techn, yeah, te, technocracy, yeah, technocracy, basically a, a society of experts who know better, who then use the power of the, the government to coerce the, 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 the ignorant people to do what it is they, they want them to do because it's better for them. So like, for example, right now, President Biden is up to his ass trying to convert the entire economy to a green economy using renewable fuels and forcing the automobile industry to be all electric. This is going to end very, very badly. Now, this is, this is a good example of the difference between progressivism and conservatism slash libertarianism slash classic liberalism. Okay. I really think of myself as a classic liberal more than a libertarian, but, 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 but let me explain. Cause I think there is a place for government, just a very limited place where a lot of libertarians are, are in the anarcho libertarian. And I, I'm not an anarcho libertarian. And to tie it in before you go, it's like, this is Trump represents the Reagan conservative movement, right? It's all about no. minimal government. No, Trump is not, but no, 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 no. Trump represents populism. Now, there have been a lot of populists in American mm -hmm. history, like William Jennings Bryant, to name the most famous one, who ran on, you know, don't don't bury me in a cross of gold. He wanted to abandon the gold standard, print up a bunch of money and give it to the poor people, basically, which would have ruined the country in the 19th century. The most productive. So that's a progressive country. populist. Right. Well, most pop, most populists just will use the government. But not Trump. Ever but not Trump, Trump. Trump doesn't even know about the border. He just used it as an issue. Trump doesn't really understand the Chinese situation. He's, he what about conservative? Mean, but didn't he? Wasn't he competent, as you said, as a progressive, a conservative president, despite all his character flaws? And he was, and harmful he was competent and lucky. He was competent and lucky. So, if Trump were president now, we'd still be melting down. Okay. The the really? the oh yeah, the seeds were sown for this long ago. What, what's happening now, and it's going to happen globally. It is happening glo globally. People are. It's not being reported, but China's in full, full in full collapse. Just full collapse. Mm -hmm. It's China won't be a country next. This started with Nixon, right, in fiat currency. Started with Wilson in fiat currency. This is the this is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate disaster that was originally caused by Woodrow Wilson. But that's a, we don't have the time to go into that. And we've talked about that right. before anyway. The, the, right. the bottom line here is Trump was a populist. Trump, it just so happened that the population that he was pandering to wanted tax cuts, wanted less regulation. In other words, the blue collar guys may, may not be college educated, but they understand the government's too big. They, they don't want it fucking around in their lives. They can't stand bringing home their paychecks. And worst of all, they hate the idea that they're being forced to do things like build a green economy that they did not want in the first place, did not ask for. 
You can't tow a boat with, an, with, with a Tesla. I'm sorry. These are people who have a whole different set of priorities. And, and God isn't really one of them all the time for many progressives. I got to say, there's a lot of atheism out there. Well, you brought that up. Okay. Um, right? Yeah. yeah the priorities. These priorities are different. And, you know, and I'm an atheist. But having said that, I'm really, I, I call myself an agnostic because atheists are such assholes. I, I think that the, the, the breakdown of religion in this country is a huge mistake. You know, the fact that I can't bring myself to believe in God doesn't mean I wouldn't attend church if I were raising children right now or, or in my case, synagogue. Right. And don't you think Trump represented uh, also this this uh, last stand for religion in his, in his own warped way? I can grab them by the pussy yeah. and nothing will happen. I could fire at 45 down the middle of Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't be arrested. Listen, listen to what the man says. Words And then Rick something. Perry, Rick Perry, before he was, you know, before he left um, in questionable terms, uh, you know, said, look, imperfect people are chosen by God. And there's a lot of people who believe and I don't forget the chosen by God, but he's an imperfect man. And there's no question about it. And you're right. But, you know, OK, how could I argue that he's a religious man? He's not. And he's also he's also a narcissist. It's, it's he. Now, look, I believe that every single politician in Washington, to some degree or another, with maybe maybe four or five exceptions are when they look in the mirror, they see the president of the United States. They're 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 completely power oriented. And that's their whole life. They they have scenarios in their head, particularly in the Senate of becoming president right now. They're jockeying like mad. Like watch sure. watch that low life Josh Hawley in in, in uh, Missouri. That there. Why is he a low life? Because of oh, his response to. Oh, he's much more dangerous than Trump. Trump's gonna. Trump's an old man. He's seventy eight years old. He's fat right. as fuck. He's gonna drop dead. I don't give a right. shit. I mean, right. look, we cannot escape our fate, no matter you know by the strength of we don't want to do it. And when you're morbidly obese at seventy eight, I say as a sixty five year old man that isn't, but has to that works really hard not to be, he's gonna die. He has health problems that you don't know about. So why do you why do you think Josh Hawley is a is a huge because he's to the he's, he's eighteen times smarter than I picked that out of my asshole. He is right. much smarter than Trump intellectually. This guy's a Rhodes Scholar. This guy's brilliant. But what but what what do you fear that Josh Hawley is going to? I think he has no no compass. I think he's after Josh Hawley. Mm -hmm. I think he's I think in the right situation he's a fascist in the making, a real fascist, an honest to God mm -hmm. fascist. I think he's probably the single most dangerous senator in the Senate because he's smart. There are people that are stupid, okay? That so are what is fascism then? I mean, we know fascism is, but in the worst case, what do you think? He's going to restrict access to the ballot, persecute gay people, that kind of thing? No. No. What, 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 what might he do? Because Josh Hollywood would say, Herbie, what are you talking about, man? I'm a conservative, for Christ's sake. That's what he'd say to get power. But then when the whole country... Remember... I believe, and I could be wrong, So this is, but this is the context in which I believe it. I believe that we're going to have a full economic global collapse within the next year. I mean, all, all the way out. And we're down to the mm. last minute of this discussion. I'll make it quick. And the, the radical becomes reasonable when the shit hits the fan. And guys like Josh Hawley are dangerous because mm. they're smart. Where Donald Trump isn't nearly as dangerous because he's not very smart. Mm. He's very ambitious and he's, and he's very clever. But he's not smart. There's a difference between mm. clever and smart. Mm. Hawley is smart and he reads and he knows and he understands. And he's a very good public speaker and he's a natural politician. And speaking as a hyperintuitive, which I talked about in the past, I, I'm telling you, the guy is just outright dangerous, period. Mm. Much more so wow. than Trump. 
and and you know ted cruz creeps me out what can i say but anyway ted cruz another interesting guy who i seem to you know i respect his brain but he just creeps me out i just think is he just anything but an actor at this point you know mm, are any know. of them any just, but are any of them act they're all actors right so i have my last word okay the reason i chose to be pro-trump and pro-maga in this debate and the reason that i have not joined the chorus of democrats and progressives who have uh excoriated the maga movement even after the big lie, which is a horrible problem. And everything I'm analyzing about Trump is before the big lie. Um, so talking about pre-big lie Trump and the MAGA movement itself, um, in defense of it, I would say, look, they believe that freedom of religion is under attack. They believe that their jobs were sent overseas. They believe that the Constitution is under attack. And they just want to preserve. And they're just conservatives and they want to preserve. And that's what conservatives are. And they say, it's not fair to say we're bad people and we want to divide people and we want to suppress black people that's ridiculous they want individualism and meritocracy and law and order and i can understand and respect that okay my turn i think the trump was the right the wrong guy elected for the right reasons i separate maga from trump and i think maga breaks down into two groups there are the maga people everything you said i think is true of a lot of people in maga maybe all of them but then they break into two parts the cult of personality and the ones who would dump Trump in a minute and pick up someone like DeSantis. And I think that that's where the movement is. I think Trump has outlived his usefulness. He is a one-man wrecking crew of those values. He is never going to be elected again. He's the only man who Joe Biden could still beat. In a, now, not that the polls are showing it now, but it just what, why make it hard? Why not, uh, why not nominate somebody who doesn't say I can grab women by the pussy without any any consequence and, and doesn't behave like a spoiled crybaby. I think it's been awful for America, awful for America.